And you can pray. Three, two, one, go for it. Yeah, Phil, Phil. Holy Spirit, keep moving. We thank you that this is in the flow of what you're doing today. Mm, in the flow of what you're doing today, that every word has a fruit. He's going to take us even further up. It's going to be like worship. Amen, well done. Amen. So fill our Holy Spirit. Give her the words. Let her flow with you. Amen. Thank you. Something fresh and new has begun to happen. And it's not supposed to just be a one-off. We're to really lay hold of the measure of his presence that we've experienced today and then build on that and go higher and further. Um, Martin, I don't know whether you can on the um, find the notices and at the front there's a declaration for March. And just put that up and leave that up um, while we're looking into the word this morning. In this month of March... Our theme is loving God and worship as lifestyle. There we go. That's our declaration for this month. And we'll come back to this at the end, but it'd be great if we can just leave that up. Thank you. So when I say the word worship, what's the first thing you think of? Ah, lifestyle. So, Nathan, will, will you be a scribe and just write some of those words on that whiteboard, please? John, what's the first thing you think of when you think of worship? God is worthy of everything we can give him. He's worthy. What's the first thing you think of? Singing songs. Put that up. Because for... Most of us, if we're honest, we hear the word worship and we think of singing songs. Yeah? There's a natural connection there. Who, who agrees with that? Who thinks actually that's true? Okay. Yeah. But we're finding out, aren't we, that worship is a bigger thing. And that's what I'd like us to explore today. Now, I'm on dodgy ground today because at KLS we had an amazing talk uh, on the Hebraic mindset <laughs> this week. And uh, I thought, oh gosh, I've looked up the word worship in Hebrew and what does it mean? <laughs> and now am I, am I going to get it all wrong? But though it, this is interesting. When I looked it up, this is the word, shaka. Say it, shaka. It's sort of on a matapaic, isn't it? Shaka. <laughs> and it has a whole range of mi meanings, and that's, that's totally right for Hebrew. It means to bow down, 
It means to give reverence. It means to sacrifice. And in the Greek, the word worship means to kiss. Should we say that? To kiss. And I'm really pleased to have the opportunity to speak today on this subject because this is one of the core values of this house. Recently, well, last year, the leaders got together to revise our vision and values, and you'll find them on the website, and Lauren's put them together beautifully onto this card, which we keep up on the board there, always before us. And the very first thing in the Lighthouse Vision and Values is we are a family full of life, worshipping extravagantly, loving generously. This is what we aspire to. This is our goal. This is our target, that we'd be a family who worship extravagantly and love generously. I think a really great picture of the meaning of true worship can actually be seen in the old um, Anglican form of words for a wedding in the vows when the bride and the groom face each other. And in the old form, it says, with my body, I thee honour. I think that's a, another really helpful picture with my body I the honour so yes it is singing songs isn't it Tina that is integral to it but as we look in the scripture today we'll see it's this and so much more so let's have a quick look at what the bible does say about worship I've got a whole little range of verses that um, you don't have to look up, but maybe you would like to note down and go back and chew over at home because I think God is wanting to speak to us to expand our experience of him in worship. And there are secrets to this hidden in the word. Jesus speaks about worship in Luke chapter 4, verse 8 when he's been tempted by uh, the enemy, by Satan, to bow down and worship him. And Jesus says, worship the Lord and serve him only. There's an exclusivity in this relationship. A fidelity to be protected that we worship God and we worship him only. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite the bright beam of your light into our hearts and into our lives and into our homes this morning. And if there be any way in us that is not pleasing to you, would you illuminate it to us out of kindness, that we would worship you only with a fidelity and a single-mindedness, undivided heart, according to your word. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, is the well-known 
saying, you could probably join me in, in quoting this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And the Israelites were taught to take these words and um, bind them as a symbol. Ah, oh, Nathan, come and help me one more time. Bind those words about loving the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, and strength. And they used to have these little boxes with the commands in, and they would bind them on their hand. So, Phil, can you tie that onto his wrist? Or maybe that one would be better on his head. <laughs> bind them on their head. Bind them on their wrist. Oh, not, ooh, lower, lower. That's it. And let, I haven't got a doorway. Wasn't, didn't have time to make a doorway today, but let's imagine this whiteboard is the doorway to Nathan's home. And Phil's going to fix this on Nathan's doorway. It's tricky, isn't it? That'll do. That, what you've done is fine. Can you put that on his doorway, darling? Over there on the flip chart. Of course. Can't you see the doorway? So there you go. Stand next to your doorway, Nathan. And have actual physical reminders of that word. And this might not be the only interpretation of it, but this is the interpretation the Holy Spirit's given me for today about this. So everything he thinks is through, affected by that command to love God. Everything he puts his hand to is affected by that command to love God. All his work, all his thinking, everything in his house, everything going coming into his house, everything going out from his house. I mean, that's all, isn't it? That's everything. Everything impacted by this. In other words, we are to love. And for the word love, you can exchange the word worship. We're to love, worship God in everything we put our hands to, everything we think, everything that goes on in our home, everywhere we go out of our home. And just in case you're thinking, oh, well, that's old covenant, you know. Jesus brings it into the new covenant because when he's asked what are the greatest commands, he says to love the Lord, your God, with all, he quotes that, doesn't he? And what was the second part? And your neighbor as yourself. That is part of worship as well. You haven't got to stand there like that all day. <laughs> but thank you for being humble and doing that. Um, Nathan, <laughs> he just thinks he's off the hook now. But I wonder whether we could have three chairs in a row here looking towards the people. Three chairs, three empty chairs. That would be great. So when Jesus answered that question about 
you know, what's the most important thing? And he answered, love God with absolutely everything you've got. I love your neighbor as yourself. He set for us the standard of what it is to have worship as a lifestyle, as Joe shared. That's what it looks like. Okay. And um, I've stolen this illustration from an amazing man called Leif Hetland. Who's come across Leif Hetland? Norwegian minister, amazing guy. Rebecca, have you heard of him? He's a man who was deeply impacted by the Holy Spirit and anointed by the Holy Spirit around 96. And God gave him um, a commission to bring millions of Muslims to the Lord. And he, he and his foundation have just celebrated the one millionth that has come to know Jesus. So he's worth listening to, this man. He's a funny sort of a fella. And he, he has some funny, I think, funny ways about him. But when I've watched what he's had to say, the Holy Spirit's fallen on me. And I watched him explain something about this last night. He said, the whole world falls into one of three broad groups. Let's have this one as the first one. Those who are not saved yet. We got that? Everyone who's not saved yet. They may or may not have an appreciation of God, but they're not saved yet. Then we've got a whole load of us who are saved and we're in the church. It's the church, okay, to a measure. And then there's another chair, which is for the saved who've learned to make a resting place and who are in the resting place. And are the resting place for God, for his spirit, for the dove, where his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And we're flowing in the anointing and anything can happen. Yesterday, I had a little taste of that in Next. Remember I told you the story this morning? It was so easy. There was no struggle. There was no strain. I knew exactly what to do, what to say. I enjoyed it. I could feel his gentleness with me. And somebody got healed just like that. And she saw us out of the store. Oh, good luck with your project. It's going to be brilliant, she said, talking about the new build. This perhaps not yet believers prophesying to us. <laughs> then I got home and I had a stress with the computer. 
didn't I, Phil? And I threw all my toys out the pram. <laughs> and I'm still saved, but I've got somehow back into that striving thing, you know? Mm. Okay. But to love him with all of my heart, mind, strength, all my thinking, every thought I think being in line with his thought, <laughs> with all of my strength, with everything I've got, that's this place. Because there I slip back in trying to do something that, you know, I didn't really believe I could. Um, still looking at the biblical examples of worship and what Jesus had to say about it. John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 Jesus has this conversation with somebody who's not even a Jew, the Samaritan woman who'd um, had all these other relationships with men. Do you know the setting I'm talking about, about the woman at the well? Yeah. Interesting that he has a talk about worship with somebody who's not even a Jew, who's the least, the lowest, the most unlikely person. And he said to her, Father seeks worshippers who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It sounds to me more, more than singing songs that are based on Bible verses. It's more than that, isn't it? Spirit and in truth. I'm not sure that I totally know what it is, so I'm not going to try and tell you. But I know what it's more than. And I do know that it means worship should be genuine, not in word only. For example, if Phil was going to make big public displays of love and affection towards me, you know, cuddling me and kissing me and saying how wonderful I am in front of all of you, but he was not doing that at home. I might feel that's a bit disingenuous. And that thought occurred to me about a lot of worship of singing songs that happens in uh, meeting places, meeting times with God, where we say all sorts of things to him <laughs> that are beautiful I don't need to finish the rest of the sentence because you know what I'm saying. And to just call us as a family to genuineness, that what we do together in here, we do in private for God too. Yeah?
it's a beautiful example of extravagant worship because we've set our goal to be extravagant worshippers. And it's the story in Mark 14, starting at verse 6, where a woman comes into a room where Jesus is with a whole load of men, a whole load of well-respected religious men, and she does an outrageous thing. She gets this perfume that, I mean, perfume is very expensive in this day and age, but like the the very, very, very top range, most expensive, lavish, highly valuable, hundreds and hundreds of pounds worth. And in front of other people comes and pours this out on Jesus, doesn't she? You know the story I'm talking about? And the awkwardness in the room was terrible. Because lots of people had judgments about her. Who's she to do such an intimate thing to him? Lots of people had judgments about the financial waste which Jesus addresses in the next verse if you want to have a look at that. And this perfume would have permeated everything he had. It would have gone into his hair. It would have gone into all his garments. It would have touched his skin. Everywhere he went from that moment on, he'd be able to smell that smell. And in my Bible, it's only a couple of chapters later where Jesus is then arrested, taken before Pilate, beaten, spat on, eventually crucified and I had a little thought when I was preparing this I wonder if he could still smell the smell of that gift and what it might have done to his heart through that suffering that's extravagant and that's lavish worship and he made a point of saying how much he valued it didn't he because he said from now on this is going to be spoken of and here we are today speaking of it so I don't think we can go too far in worship do you have we gone too far yet Have we used every bit of strength we've got so we can't get out to the car park because we've got nothing left? (laughs) Um, The Apostle Paul also had something to say about worship. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says, Offer your bodies... Not your perfect singing voice. Offer your whole self 
as living sacrifices. Now there's a dirty word. Holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So he's summing that up. Worship is giving. Love is giving. <laughs> worship is giving, and it's giving with a high cost. In the Old Covenant, um, they totally associated worship with sacrifice. They were interchangeable ideas. It would cost you your best lamb that you'd be nurturing and fattening up and protecting from bear and lion. <laughs> and then you'd go and give it at the temple and sacrifice your best stock for him. Worship costs. So if it hasn't been costing us anything to worship God, it's probably not worship that we've been doing. It might be encouraging ourselves with nice songs. <laughs> yeah? I'm not trying to accuse here. I'm just trying to reflect what is true worship and for us to be able to um, look in our hearts and understand what's been going on. As David said, I won't bring an offering that costs me nothing. So a cost of reputation, a cost of time, cost of energy, cost of strength, cost of money, our giving is worship. And if it's not costing us anything to give, then it's probably not worshipful. These scriptures indicate that it's not so much about music and singing as we might have made it in church these days, but more about everything else in our lives. Worship. If Chris is around, he might do the calculations on his phone for me of this. I was thinking about how many hours there are in a week. And you might need to check my maths on this, Chris, because it's not my strongest point. But I thought there's 168 hours in a week. Is that right? Good. And if we spend maybe an hour together corporately worshipping God, maybe two a week, that's maybe 1% or 2% of all the time we have. Um, if we're blessed with being good sleepers, we might use a third of our time to sleep. And so I think that leaves about 112 hours for everything else when we've done our sleeping. Okay. And that's where I've come up with the 1%, 2%, you know, one hour or two hours of that. I'm not trying to give you a message to make us all strive to put more hours in. I'm not. I'm trying to say, let's look. There's all the rest of that time that I'm doing something else that I could make into worship. That's what I'm trying to say. 
yeah? So if we think of this that we've just done this morning only as worship, we're missing a whole realm of other things that my life can worship God with. Um, so I'm just going to rattle through because we're nearly finished here. What can we worship him with? Well, the first thing that the word says is with all of our hearts, our affections. What do you love most? And for us just to take a good look at ourselves and say, do I love God most? Or are there other things that get me a whole lot more excited than him? Because we might have lost a little bit of that first love. This is not to condemn. This is to woo us back. We're to love him with all of our mind. So becoming a Christian, there's a lot of us sitting on this saved, but not fully experiencing 100% bit. And it's probably because we're still holding on to our ways of thinking. And if we really love and honor and worship God, we'll be saying all of the time, change my mind. Let me think how you're thinking about this. Give me the mind of Christ. Let me see this how you see it. And that sacrificing of my thoughts for his thoughts, that's worship. Heart, mind, strength, energy, service. When was the last time I exhausted myself as worship to him? I think a few of them did that on the land the other week, actually, getting rid of all of those rhododendrons. We worship him with our money, our substance. It's not just about giving a tithe. That's our, that's our starting point. That's our baseline. That's returning to him, something that's already his. But when we look at our pay packet and we think, how can I love him with this? That's a different thing, isn't it? It's about sharing our stuff and our expertise for his glory. And very importantly, it's about how I treat the people around me. With mercy and grace for my neighbours and my colleagues, that is worship. That's worship. It's in our work. Doing it as for him. He whispered to me this week, it's not what you do for me that's worship. It's how you do it. Should we say that together? It's not what you do for me that's worship. It's how you do it. So none of you are in occupations that make it difficult for you to worship him. <laughs> because it's all about the how. 
Um, why do we love and worship God? Why? Any answers? Speak up, Bev. Because we were created to worship. Because he loves us. He loved us first and we're just loving him back. And we're made to do it. The answer's on the board. <laughs> Is it in our hearts? <laughs> yeah. We love him because he first loved us. Somebody said this earlier, because he's worth it. He's worthy of it. And because it pleases him. It pleases him. So here's the challenge. It's the all word, isn't it? Because I can spend a lot of time in here. Doing a bit of it here, a bit of it there. And that's good. But, oh my goodness, he said all. With all. I've been through some things in the last week to ten days that's made me realize how easy it is for me to only worship when it's convenient and to serve him when I can fit it in. <laughs> but when some sacrifice is called for, I notice that those who step up are often few and far between. In the Old Testament, we see that worship and sacrifice were almost synonymous. And I think this is something we need to regain in our understanding this side of the cross. So, wrapping up these thoughts now towards a close, perhaps you'd like to take a moment just to reflect. In what ways am I currently worshipping God? And what have I heard at some point this morning that would help me begin to be more intentional about giving my all to him? Would you like to stand? And I'd like to pray for you and bless you. And then we'll say this declaration together and I'll pass back to Nathan. So I want us to go back to those three boxes, the visual aid, the things we tied on Nathan <laughs> and on his door. And I'd like to bless you. So position yourself as if you're about to receive a gift. Thank you for your presence today, Father. And from your presence, I bless these brothers and sisters of mine. I bless your hands. That all you put your hand to today and through this week may be smothered in the love of God. I bless your thinking to be completely transformed 
by the love and worship of God, that we become a company in a family whose thoughts are like your thoughts, Father. May a complete mind reformation take place in this family. I bless the doorways of your home right now in the name of Jesus. That everything that takes place within your home may be suitable as worship for God. And everywhere you go from your home that you carry the loving presence, the fragrance of God. This week, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Shall we say this declaration together? We love God because he first loved us. Worship is our reasonable response to his outrageous goodness. Amen. Please take a seat. By the way, this morning when something or other was happening here in this place, I smelt a fragrance which I've only smelt once before. Do you remember that worship time, Leo, in here? We had no music and we just brought our sacrifices of praise and a fragrance filled this room. I smelt the same, I associate that same smell here this morning. Thank you for your presence with us, Lord. Nathan. Well, give Heather, Heather a hand. That's a <laughs> woof. I'm going to sit in this chair. <laughs> nah. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you've done today. What an incredible time. And I cannot wait to hear good news next week. Because <laughs> some good stuff is going to happen this week. Okay? So take what you've been given... Take the word and make it flesh this week. Okay? That's what Jesus did, right? <laughs> so be blessed as you go. The kids will be coming out soon, I'm sure. Have a great week. Have a great fun time today. God is good. Everyone said amen. amen. Have a great week, everyone.